Before we get into this week's episode, uh, just a quick preface. At two points during this episode, my laptop uh, went out of battery. Um, it's completely my fault. But yes, yeah, so we had to cut the episode short in parts and, you know, restart. So um, it did interrupt the flow a bit. And as a result, the, the episode was a small bit shorter. However, to be fair, this episode is probably one of the best in terms of flow and quality of conversation. Um, and it was a shame that we could only get the hour or, or, or so out of it. Um, we're definitely looking forward in the future to having having Jack on again. It was just a fantastic episode and um, it was just really enjoyable to make and I hope you enjoy listening to it as well. So having said that, uh, let's just get into the episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. Um, this week we actually have our third guest on the show. Uh, it's Jack McDonald. So welcome to the show and, and thanks for coming on. Thanks, thanks, Dean. Thanks, Luke. Um, it's it's a pleasure to be on. Yeah. So Jack actually, Jack was someone around our locality who had started something similar, I suppose, with your own show. You know, so it's nice to it's nice to surround yourself with people who are in similar space mm. or doing the same thing. Um, Jack's show is the Jack McDonald show for those of you that don't know so maybe if you want to give any other background information on yourself or why you wanted to start the show yourself you know? Sure, uh, well I suppose it started in kind of January, I went to the door of CRCFM, the radio station in Casabar and they you know, told me to fuck off <laughs> I had been there before but uh, it was because of lockdown essentially they decided uh, you know third lockdown they decided you can only have one or two people in here and you know the 17 18 year old guy can't be in here so because of that I decided like I'd been threatening to actually go and do something like that combine my you know my knowledge of radio or whatever mm. so I had been trying to do that for a while so I decided to actually do it um I started with my friend Shane. He was kind of just playing on the couch, playing Rocket League, and I'd like throw the throw it to him a bit. We started just talking. I think you know. I said Carl Henry was a dickhead. Like I, <laughs> there was a lot of like you know, there was a lot of shade thrown. I suppose in the first like few mm. clips, and then we started doing full episodes. Most of them were horrific, to be honest with you, because it was like we decided three episodes a week. You know, cause we were at nothing else. Yeah, and that's a that's a lot to put out. Yeah, it was, exactly. So it was three episodes a week, just you know, calling people all sorts of names. <laughs> uh, a lot of those are privated now, to be honest with you. And so it just kind of went from there. And then you know, like as as it happened, somebody called Jim Flano, who's pretty big Irish TikToker, asked to come on the show, and I didn't even thought about guests. So I had him on, and the first recording actually failed. It was like, you know, you you guys will know the technology of this yeah. is incredibly annoying. So yeah. he came back on a few weeks later, and his clips on TikTok went really big. And so it just kept going like that. Lauren Whelan was pretty much the biggest one that people sometimes, like, they squint their eyes and look at me. Uh, and they go, I think I've seen you before. And so that that's what kind of where it got. Then over the summer, I started doing the show daily. I uh, had people like Nicola Talent, the Sunday World crime editor, and um, George Hook, of course, the you know the run, yeah. rugby pundit. And you know, like I think I had like three nudists. And so we we always try and lean into the circus angle as well. I yeah, had a pole yeah. dancer on recently. Like it's not Claire Byrne. This isn't <laughs> RT Radio One. And that has basically been the ethos so far. Yeah, I mean, it, like, it's come a long way considering from these TikTok stars to, you know, interviewing someone like George Hook, like, even watching back through some of the parts of that interview, and, like, you know, it gets pretty intense. Yeah. What was that like to kind of, like, there's a step up from having an interview with some teenager who puts things out <laughs> on TikTok to a guy saying that he's not happy with his life because of the way he treated his parents, you know? Yeah, he was so he was such a giving like subject as an interviewer. Mm. You know, you'll, you'll get some people and they'll just give you yes and no answers. And uh, somebody described me as the Ariel Hawani of interviewing <laughs> Irish TikTok stars mm. that, like, you know, I could get a few, like, stories out of them or whatever. Yeah. Because, to be, like, you know, they're, they're 18, 19-year-old people. It's not their fault that they haven't lived much of a life. They did a bit of dancing in their mother's, like, house. <laughs> And now they've got a following. So you're right. Like it went from that to George Hook. George Hook, I reached out through like, I think it was an agent's friend. I just kept like, if you dig through LinkedIn and you guys will, will probably use that kind of hack. If you just keep digging through LinkedIn and ringing people, you can eventually get to somebody who might know them. So I, I just did that. I think it was like coming towards the end of whatever, fifth year. And I went to bed and I woke up at like six or seven o'clock in the afternoon. And I had like a message from George Hook and it was just his number. And he said, Jack, call me. 
So I called him. Uh, he didn't answer. Uh, he called me <laughs> back. Tease, man. <laughs> he called me back from his wife's number. He said, "Jack, it's George. Don't ever call this number again." But I'd love to be on the show. Uh, you know, he, was, he just didn't want me calling his wife's number. But uh, I, I'd love to have you on. The, I'd, I'd love to be on your show. And so we set it up. Uh, it was supposed to be the first night of my radio show. Uh, you know, kind of season two of the Jack McDonald Show. George Hook, big guest. Mm. It was all set. We did the interview. I was pretty happy with it. I open it up and there's just no audio file. Oh. I, so his face is there, my face is there. <laughs> there's just no audio. And George Hook is a pretty domineering figure. Mm. Like he's not the kind of guy that you want to go, sorry, George, I messed it up. <laughs> can we do that again? Yeah, can we just run that back, please? So anyway, um, I eventually got the courage to like, you know, text him like three days later and be like, sorry, George, that just didn't work. Um, and so he texts me back like another week later because I, you know, and in between that time I thought, well, I'm never going to be able to speak to George Hook again. Mm. But uh, he texts me back and he said, let's do it again. So we did it again. And to be honest, the, the first version was crap in comparison to the second. The second, he, like, re- he really went into detail about those personal things. Yeah. And I didn't realize he had spoken about some of that stuff already with, you know, the, the Joe Duffy and all of those kind of crowd. But, you know, it, it, was, it was really kind of, I suppose, insightful and, and you know, uh, honest. And it was it was really, you know, great piece to be able to, to speak to him, you know. Yeah, like coming from a listener's perspective, like the, the most in- engaging piece of radio or podcast or whatever it is, is going to be something that is heartfelt like that. That's something that's honest, you know. And he, he really brought that across and like the intensity that was there at times, you know, not alone just of what he's saying, but just the way he is, mm. you know, he's very intense. So such an easy piece to listen to, you know, it, it was more power to you for having someone like that on. I mean, someone with that sort of experience will do nothing but bring you forward. Yeah. yeah. Mm. The one thing, though, that I I sort of noted that when I saw that clip or the, the that episode, I was thinking... Like, for someone your age, like, we wouldn't even have been able to do an interview like that with him. Just, I don't know, you sort of have, like, a a very radio way of conducting yourself, as in, we're a lot more informal, we don't have that sort of, you it know... Like, corporate, is it? More back of the pub sort of talk. <laughs> no, like, I'm not saying you're, like, uptight, but, you know... Like it works out, man. <laughs> like, I was, like, when I was listening back, just before the epic, before doing this... I was listening and I was noting that like like you're suited for radio more so than when young people do podcasts it's like oh fucking the last day this and that but <laughs> yeah. like you're actually able to convey that mm. sort of seriousness yeah, was it was it just something that like was it always kind of something you wanted to go at or was it like do you know I, I think I might be this might suit me or I might be good for this to be honest I just started arguing with my teachers that was the first thing like I think both of you will probably have the experience of just being bored in class and mm-hmm. I, I just got bored of the whole thing so I just anything they'd say I'd just be like let's try and argue it and so I just and eventually uh, you, you'll know him now as the principal uh, he was the vice principal at the time he mm-hmm. had to have like a whole sit down thing he was like you can't be doing this after I went to war with my second year <laughs> English teacher and I just decided like I'm not going to do that anymore but I think it was that kind of that and uh, debating and then you know radio and you know when you when you say kind of you, you've got a radio voice it's it's a it's almost it's almost insulting to a degree to the idea <laughs> no but I get your point which is like it would it would be great crack to be able to be like the fun laid back guy who does a you know who kind of interviews but you know then you don't get moments with George Hook yeah. like yeah. like that so you know there's different ways to approach this but you're right like you I've seen a lot of people like try you know seven or eight friends and we're all going to meet up and you know on a zoom call yeah. and talk about rap and it never, no, it never goes anywhere yeah. because nobody wants to actually stake a claim and lead the conversation they all want to be the laid back chill cool mm. guy and and also I think like if you compare Irish radio and stuff like that there isn't there isn't really much of room for like the chill laid back guy you yeah. you have to take a stranglehold to some degree you know yeah yeah no that like i think that's quite similar to ourselves in that like the radio for you this is kind of an outlet where we can talk about topics where it might get heated or where it might get in someone's yeah. face um and actually uh, speaking on what you said there about like experiences in school and debate and that i think one of the first times that um we probably or like we would have been in the same room at the time there was a there was a, it was a debate club had a debate about who would vote on the chairperson of the club and i remember that you were in the junior cycle 
court and I would have been in the senior side court. I was only new, so I didn't really speak. But um, <laughs> you got up and you said... The <laughs> I like I had never heard it before that someone had quoted fifty cent in getting across their point and said you ain't got no skin as the game player. And after that, I was like, you know, there's certain people who that just who debate and arguing and who want to get across their point. There's certain people who would just suit, and it seemed like that was the case. So it, it like it's nice to see someone like that pursuing it instead mm. of seeing that they have that ability or they have you know the want to go and do something. But, you know, too afraid or what kind of lashback you might get from it. And you guys actually touched on upon it. I remember you said that one of the reasons why you started this was because the conversations you were having were a bit too serious for just, you know, hanging around yeah. in the pub yeah. or whatever. So it's, it just is like podcasters are always going to be that bit serious. Mm. But like that, that's what I, I, you know, you have to the, 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 I believe like the, the broadcaster actually actually has has to actually care about what they're broadcasting. Yeah. It doesn't make sense otherwise, yeah. you know. Yeah, you, you have a duty to almost offend people sometimes <laughs> as in like one of the main reasons as well that we started was because there's so many people that I wanted to talk to, like that I would have known about issues like we're going to get into it in our next week's episode. But people putting up Instagram stories, and I want to talk to them and say, this is wrong, like you're being misled. But they take that as a personal attack. So if we have a platform where we can talk to everybody, it's not like we're offending them. We can actually discuss things without that layer of personal offense being in it. Mm. And actually, you know, it's interesting you say that because... uh, Eventually, the show leaked out to my brother and their, my sister and who are like, whatever, like 13 and 10 or something. And they were like, my friends have seen your show and they say it's boring. Mm. <laughs> and so, like, you know, you're always going to have that as well. You're, you're catering to a market. And yeah. like the reality is that like 10 or 12 year olds aren't going to care. The, the 25 or 26 year olds might not care. Like your, your market is slow, small. But it's funny, like when you see the actual impact of like your show, like uh, up at the at the Mayo Dublin game, there's a few like fellas who were coming up. And, you know, it's it's a little jarring at times, but it's also incredible, like to see people's support. A fellow, a fellow on the train like, was like coming up to me and he was saying, oh, I love the show. I love the show. And like a few people had done that. So I, I was a little dismissive because he was out of his mind, like drunk. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah cheers, man. Oh, yeah, thanks. Bob. I really appreciate that. Thanks. Uh, which I was sincere, but I was kind of like, you know, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, you can move on now. And he was like, no, no. And he kept pressing. He was like, can I have your number? I said, you can't have my number. He said, uh, will you add me on Facebook? I said, I won't add you on Facebook. He said, here, add me on Snapchat. So I added him, had him on Snapchat. Uh, whatever, like three months later, still hasn't added me back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is moments like that, especially like with the age cohort that we kind of would be around. There's a lot of that, of that sort of drunkenness, know you from something, tell you, give you support, which like, like you said, like it's sincere to an extent that they're recognizing it. And I mean, I, I'd be very, it's hard to respond to it in a way that's like, you know, I appreciate mm. that so much. But you do. There's a part of you that, like, enjoys that someone recognizes it. And I think that's what people play off in terms of when they're setting up these podcasts, like you said, where it's a group of people sitting around. That's what they're after, you know? And, mm. like, maybe this isn't the right word for it, but, like, the artistic endeavor can never be fulfilled if your prime concern is the glory coming from it or the profit coming from it. Like, like you said, you have to have heart behind what you're saying. Other than that, otherwise, it just, it kind of mellows along and no one really gets interested because the thing that drags you in is someone else's Mm. interest in the same topic, you know? And I think it's clear, like, you two lads aren't doing this for the glory or, you know, certainly, like, I didn't pull up and this is like a gold-plated mansion (laughs) or anything like that. Like, there wasn't, you know, we're not calling the paparazzi to tell them that we're here or anything. It'd be nice, but... (laughs) It would, but, like, and it is, you know, it is incredible to see, like, that you can actually start to build something, like, people actually start to recognize you Mm. and... That's that's and like even older people, uh, like twenty one, twenty five year olds, can, you know, they can like be you know really and people you would never expect people you think are these hard men rugby yeah. players will actually like you know be sound to you and be like oh, I seen your show. Now of course sometimes you get the, the drunkenness and you know everything comes there and it's always funny. I think some people need to be drunk to say like oh I appreciate what you do. Yeah, you're exactly because right. yeah. you know I know people and they've come up to me like a fellow came up to me outside Supermax and was oh, I love the show blah 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 and then I seen him the next day in Gerald and just like I, I wasn't look I wasn't going hey it's me <laughs> but you, I could tell he, I could tell he just didn't you know there was just no register there mm-hmm. so like you know it, it kind of I suppose 
we're in an interesting place. A friend of mine said to me that, you know, you're probably, you're probably lucky because if you had the kind of, you know, uh, there was April, April, we did like 500,000 or a million views in like a few days. So like if you had that, but you were in America, you might be dead in a ditch somewhere because, you know, they like, they hype you up and they take, you know, tell you you're the next big thing. And then within like two days, you're dead. Fame gets to your head. Fame gets to your head. So I think like, the, the path to anything in this country, especially when it comes to broadcasting, is slower. But when you actually get there, yeah. people really respect what you do. They won't be as overt to tell you that, but like they, they respect what you do. And you can, I suppose, be on air for 20 years, not two months, you know? Yeah. And, and the flip side of that as well is that some of the recognition you can get can be in a negative sense. But that, like, we definitely haven't experienced that up until now. And I don't think you do until you become like a voice that people recognize on a on a larger scale because that's when people start getting offended that other people are listening to you and start getting pissed off. I mean, has there been any case of someone coming up to you saying, you know, what you did was dead wrong or what you said has been... No, I, I've had weirdos duet my stuff mm-hmm. and that kind of... And I've had, like, you know, the comments, like, genuinely, at one point... At the first, I loved when people were giving me hate comments. I was like, ah, yeah, you lose it, <laughs> you lose it. And I was, I was loving it. I wouldn't really reply, but I'd love, and I'd love to see the arguments because, like, there'd be people sticking up like, nah, you don't get this. But then eventually came to a point where it was, it was starting to get quite toxic. It was starting to get, like, yeah. lesbian haircut. <laughs> and I believe we were in the lockdown or coming out of the lockdown. I was like, I don't want to be seeing this. Like, life is already shit, and I don't want to be seeing this. Mm-hmm. So... Like, you know, I've never had it in person, but, and then I've had people like, uh, the most, uh, you know, outrageous example was Lauren Whelan. I asked her if she would ever set up an OnlyFans. Now, I set up, uh, that, that was my own fault because the way I clipped it up, uh, you know, excluded the context that her friend had set up an OnlyFans yeah. beforehand. Okay, okay. You were, you were panicking there. <laughs> I was like, where <laughs> on earth did this man think this was a good idea? <laughs> So her friend is said I'm an OnlyFans. And genuinely, for somebody, who, for a woman who has a big following at mm-hmm. that age, and I assume in the next few years, even guys, but especially women who have like a big following at kind of 18 to 25, like OnlyFans can provide a huge source of revenue if you actually decide to lean into that. Yeah. Her friend had decided to do that. And so I just asked her, uh, and I, you know, I knew it'd go, I knew it'd, it'd cause a bit of a reaction, but some people, you know, there was this like weirdo 16-year-old guy from Cork like the skinniest arms you've ever seen. He had no shirt on, and he spent like two two minutes lecturing me about the patriarchy. <laughs> like, you know, you could have put a shirt on to make this video, made. But, you know, that that's probably the extent it's got to. And I suppose the, the only other thing is when I interviewed Nicola Talent, and Nicola Talent is a crime journalist, and I didn't realise that there's such a hatred of her and of crime reporters in Dublin um, and, you know, the kind of, I suppose, the inner city or the north inner city yeah. or, you know, whatever the, the, the sort of terms are, that they feel like all, they, all the Sunday world does is, is glora, you know, glamify and, and kind of, you know, I suppose, make everything a mafia movie when yeah, this is yeah. their real lives. And so they were really not happy. There was a few of like, you know, if you come to Ballymun, we're getting ya. Uh, like, you're fucking dead, mate. All of this shit. And that was a little concerning. <laughs> yeah. And I put that to back my back. I, I'd take the shirtless <laughs> video any day of the week over I, that, I think. I think I would too. But uh, then I was up in Dublin and I suddenly remembered that. And I was thinking, I was told by the like, 20 <laughs> odd people who look pretty serious, don't ever come to Dublin, mate. Now, when I actually went back and looked through them, a lot of them, like, their only videos were, like, FIFA pack openings. So it's yeah. like, I doubt you're opening packs during the day <laughs> and stabbing up 18-year-olds, you know, by night. Yeah, that's the thing with the internet. Like, obviously, we often experience that, but you can just escalate things to a point that you would never get close to in real life. Like, there's so many baseless threats you can make online, and just that nothing will come to fruition, but, like, it's just so easy to... Yeah, and you can probably speak on this more than me as well. Like, what you're on about in terms of, like, the levels of toxicity just got too much. Like, you're, there's not a chance that you're going to put yourself out there on TikTok and that not be the case, you know? Did you ever um, did you ever consider, like, leaning into the... Or, like, steering into the skid in terms of, like... Being okay, just a provocateur. Yeah, the provocateur. Like, let me just be the villain of... Not that you were starting to be, but, like... It's an easy way to gain exposure. Do you ever think of doing that? Like, 
Yeah, I was. I don't think I was ever the hero of TikTok. Is the is the you know the main thing. So like that arc, I, I think I was probably in many eyes much closer to the villain of TikTok. Mm-hmm. Now let's be honest. No one, most people don't know or give a shit. Like you know, it doesn't really matter either way. But like in terms of you know, I suppose the OnlyFans question, uh, the crime reporting. And even just my own radio show, I, you know, I remember the government came out with a thing where on Tinder they would, um, they partnered, the HSE partnered with Tinder to like promote if you were vaccinated. And I was like, this is George Orwell type stuff. This is, and that, I didn't even clip that up. That was just on a TikTok live stream while I was doing my show. And somebody commented like, this is so dangerous. You have a platform. Oh, yeah. I was like, I don't have a, well, I don't have a platform. What are you talking about? I'm, I'm broadcasting at 10 o'clock at night in, you know, in a radio station in Castle Bar. It's not much of a platform. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't think I was ever, I don't think I was ever anything, uh, to be honest, in terms of like mm. villain or hero or, or any of that arc. I, I get your point of like leaning into controversy and, there, there was an I, there was an element of like, listen. I knew that if I said "fuck you, Carl Henry," which was one of my first videos, <laughs> that that would pop a little bit because the reality is, and I continue to do so, just not always as salaciously. Uh, it, the reality is that like the way Irish media has been set up, previous pretty much until like or since uh, George Hook and Jerry Ryan, those are the, the only two people who have ever like maybe said, you know, I don't like such and such on the TV. Mm-hmm. Otherwise. Everybody has this like omerta, code of silence that, listen, we're all in the same game, so I'm not going to slag you off. But the reality is people think uh, uh, Joe Duffy is, you know, X, Y and Z. People think uh, Ryan Tuberty is X, Y and Z, but they don't ever uh, express it. Even, you know, people you'd work with or people you meet in the media industry that they act like, you know, on air, they act like they're best friends with everyone. But then off air they're like, oh, you know, the late, late show is shit. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, that's... Yeah. So I just wanted to bring an amount of honesty to that. So it wasn't necessarily designed with the sole intention of being a provocateur, but I, you know what things will probably catch yeah. on a bit. I'd imagine as well, like, I'd say we're all fairly similar in the way that we would have developed our ideologies, let's say, of, you know, as we're, like, maybe 13 or 14, we start seeing stuff on YouTube and... We start seeing just logical crap being thrown mm-hmm. out. And I know we both fell into the rabbit hole of, you know, SJWs getting owned and <laughs> feminazis and shit. And then, you're, and then you're starting to take more of like an offensive mm. approach to a lot of things. And I know we anyway in class and you were saying earlier that you'd start debates just not because you actually fully believe what you're debating but like almost you're playing devil's advocate all the time because in when there's sort of discourse that's so unbalanced on one side you sort of just have to fucking lump the whole thing in and go completely against it and play devil's advocate and it's coming from that sort of sense you know obviously like we've all sort of sensed up a bit but it would be tempting to start playing that villain and start just oh well maybe it's right to shoot people that you know mm. that type of thing or the police are right and um, oh yeah fuck charge the mac <laughs> you can go on yeah yeah no, it's certainly like i think what you, what he said what luke says is completely correct because even i've been considering like i try to stay away from politics as much as i can yeah. because i find that like if you actually analyze the political sphere it's very profitable right now to go right wing that's oh, yeah, that's where it's profitable so. yeah because they feel under attack they you know a huge portion of mm-hmm. especially the american population but even the irish feel that it's you know polit- politics are continuously going left that they're yeah. never you know really correcting right that they're you know i suppose you know um that they're serving a, a select few and that's the kind of stuff that Trump has tapped into, that Boris has, all of that stuff. Yeah. But if, so if you become a pundit and you just decide, fine, I'm right wing, it's, it's very profitable in the short term. But in the long term, somebody is going to, you're going to do a live event or, so, or you're going to do a, you know, a, a live interview or something and somebody is going to get you with a question that you have no answer to yeah. because you're not really right wing. Yeah. You're just a media personality who picked a lane at some point. Yeah, it's because you look at all the big names that are there at the minute and in terms of being outside of your RT, being outside of mainstream news, that's where people are becoming popular. Yeah, and like that, like you're saying, it's it's very much a it's a front in terms of the depth of your knowledge of the subject is slim to nothing. You're just regurgitating what mm. you hear on the internet, and it's very easy to be caught up in that. And it's especially very easy for uh, maybe this is the wrong thing to say, but I think it's especially easy for lads because with movements such as like feminist movements and stuff like that, you know, 
like that. People feel like they're under attack. People feel like they're being more and more marginalized despite the truth maybe being the opposite or whatever. Mm. And, and it's very easy to jump on that. And like with things like TikTok, it's being the provocateur is going against that sort of stuff, going against mm. left-wing mm. ideas, just kicking someone in the teeth for no reason because you say you want a few views. And like that, like just chasing the fame of it or just chasing the profit of it, it's a good point to say that you know you are going to get caught out mm. because I think most people will. And that's why we try and be... We try and be... Que- we try to question things more so than give out and out answers on it because we both understand that you're in the situation where we're, we're 20 years old we don't know everything about everything, you know, and to have people uh, like you had on your show, like that woman, the crime reporter in Dublin, you know, that's someone who's immersed in that life, who knows things like, who knows the insides and outs of the situation and getting those on to talk to them is far more worthwhile. Um, And obviously that's something we'd love to have in the future, but like, is there any topic in particular kind of where you feel like, you know, you need an expert on to talk about. Like, there's something that really interests you that you feel like. I suppose it's, I like to understand different worlds. That's why mm. we've had uh, so far two nudists and a pole dancer. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not just sex obsessed. It's, <laughs> it's also the reality of like, that's such a, a, a world alien to, that's such a world alien to most of us. Like, I don't think you're in a strip club most days, Dean. I don't think you're in a strip club. Speak for yourself. <laughs> so, like, we don't really understand that world. And certainly, even if you were in a strip club, you know, 24-7, you wouldn't understand what it's like mm. to be a pole dancer, especially in Ireland. You know, what's, what's the whole yeah. dynamics like there? And to be honest, sometimes they're much more giving um, than others. You know, so, sometimes they feel that, like nudists are... Uh, what I've learned interviewing two nudists is they're very protective. They act like, you know, getting your kit off with 50 other people is the most normal thing in the world. And you're trying to very politely and very casually say, it's not. Like, we don't do that. Yeah, yeah. Can you please bridge the gap? Uh, but, it, you know, sometimes, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. So I suppose it's just understanding a different world. George Hook, like you're talking about a guy who spent what is something like 30, 20, 30 years in business and then became a broadcaster and, you know, kind of lived on the edge or, you know, at mm. least embraced controversy. Nicola Talent, the same, you know, somebody who is relatively looking over their shoulder a bit. You know, mm. you're challenging a multi-billion dollar um, crime empire. And what's that like? So it's more about that. You know, if I want to speak about like Carl Henry, as we, if we went, went back mm. to that example, I'm perfectly happy to say what my piece, and I still do, you know, it's, it's usually one or two interviews and, you know, a piece of myself speaking. Yeah. So, you know, I'm perfectly happy to, to kind of say, say my piece, but I'm also, you know, particularly, you know, I particularly enjoy having people on who like provide, you know, an insight into a world that we don't usually hear about. Yeah, I mean, it's, especially in this country, it's something you touched on before, um, like you were on about it with the media, that it's very much a toe-the-line sort of thing. Yeah. I know, like, our grandparents' generation, you would not take a step outside of the norm. You know, even with us doing something like this, it's not edgy or anything like that, but it's not the the known thing. Like, even I saw a video someone had made making that similar point that, like, you know, going back to meet the family after a while and you've set up a new TikTok page or something like that and, and it's all the talk. But it's kind of... It It can be... It can instill a bit of fear in you, I mean, the thought of going against the grain so much. But at the same time, I think it's where the most joy is got. I don't know if you find... Like, obviously, you find out yourself with the way you were speaking there that to find out new things and to learn about other people and their experiences is far more worthwhile than, you know, flicking on the news and listening to the same voices spout the same things all the time. I mean, when <laughs> I don't think it's going to be the case on RT News anytime soon that they're going to get uh, poll answers. Or, or I don't think so, no. But, like, you, you hit a such a good point, and that's why one of the first episodes i see seen you guys put up, with, but to be honest, the first time i seen you put up an episode, I was like, for fuck's sake, they're going to take my market. Composite. <laughs> 
Dean Fadden, Luke Cowley, these are two juggernauts of Gandalf. <laughs> They're going to take my market. But then I listened, I was like, this is actually quite good. And one, after one or two episodes, I think I messaged you, Dean. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of talking about, because I really, and, you know, kind of saying what I thought, you know, and how, how it was good and how it could improve. Because I really do believe you guys or whatever the, the next iteration of, this is the one of the most important things in media. Because news talk, talk for four minutes about a subject. Yeah. And then that's that. If... Uh, you know, and you know, it's, I think it's Kira and Shane are the two top guys in the Breakfast Show. And if they get another guy on to to, to speak, say from Sinn Fein, they must, by BAI law, broadcasting law, you must have somebody on the other side and give them equal time. So you're never going to get to the heart of a real issue or have an interesting conversation. The game isn't set up to do that. Yeah. Whereas you guys can actually have that, and you know, you weren't professing to be experts. So, like, I suppose that that's that's the core tenant of I think like the future of Irish media or whatever. I don't believe it will you know come from RTE or from. It will have to be coming to you know a remote area. Yeah. The actually the backlands of Belgara. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so you know, it's 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 that kind of stuff that I, I and obviously as you say, like it's difficult to step outside the norm. Mm. Like even I notice, like if you're talking to somebody and you know things are going well, you're at a house party, or, you know, out of pub or whatever, and then like yeah, them Snapchat things are still going well if you follow them on follow them on instagram because i have the jack mcdonald show yeah. like linked you're done for like like suddenly, yeah, yeah, yeah. suddenly you change the context you're not mm-hmm. like just this kind of fun interesting guy who you know yeah. sometimes a bit funny or whatever now this has all been like a ruse you know like you, <laughs> you're a professional or whatever and you've espoused views that might piss them off because yeah. I'm not always, like, you know, clean and cut or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, like, you do, you know, sometimes face a little bit of, I suppose, discomfort. All right. There was a bit of a technical issue there. Um, and we're just getting back into it now. So we'll just go from where you sort of left off of just the whole idea of having that platform. It's hard to sort of create your own sort of image in real life because people straight away, it's, oh, you have the podcast and this is a full list of all your views and now I'm going to be able to judge you off that. I can understand what you're saying because going into college, no one in college obviously knew that I had the podcast and I was like trying to keep it like low key and I almost didn't want to put it on, on my personal Instagram. And then I was like, okay, Luke, stop being a pussy. Like actually, you know, this is your thing to be proud of. It. And then everyone's like, oh, do you have a podcast? And I was like, <laughs> no. <laughs> like, why the fuck? And then... Luckily, it's not been like, oh, Luke, he's the guy that has a podcast. But like, it is something that you have to think about. And it's something that, not that I regret doing the podcast, but it's like, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, what if I never did it? And, you know, because you can't be like the laid back, chill guy, as you were saying, and be going on and about morality for an hour. Mm. You yeah, know? But I, I don't think it's the, case, it's the case that it might have been like some time ago like I know you were saying there like what are we doing you know we were we were normal why would we do this but it's like I don't think the same sort of predetermined judgments are made of people that it would have been 20 years ago you know if you were someone that tried to stand out like that um, you you would have been known as that person where it's like now there's been so much influence by American media or by English media probably less so in this extent or in this subject but like people are more flamboyant you know people do their own thing probably more um it's it it's not that it's it's tough to do it but it it's like a consideration is due you know yeah the key point is money cash yeah yeah it's all about that cheese (laughs) no but like genuinely you know people can be a bit laddish and a bit oh you got podcasts right uh, but then, you know, especially, like, firstly, clout, like, uh, when you have people like Lauren Wheel. <laughs> firstly, clout. <laughs> <laughs> That's just going to get cut up completely. But, <laughs> like, when you have people like Lauren Wheel or whoever, like, you know that that's a little bit of like validation like because they have some numbers so they kind of validate you to a degree Mm -hmm. secondly as i say is money like people will immediately say to you like oh you make money out of that you make money that's such an irish thing (laughs) but like there is this real attitude of like money equals good like if you can make money out of something then it kind of justifies like you can stand on your head naked for an hour, but yeah, as long yeah. as you have like a you know a mid roll in the middle and you're making a few quid, they they feel like that's you know there's there's kind of a validation in that. So like and it's it's interesting you say about like the college thing as well because I've been currently struggling with this idea of like on my podcast or on radio or whatever 
I'll say whatever I want. I'll have fun. We'll be talking about, we're talking mm-hmm. about a woman who uh, believes an alien morphed into her husband to yeah. have sex with her. We were talking about that in the breakfast show this morning. Like, I'll just, you know, we just have a good crack about that. But like to actually open up Instagram and to do an Instagram story of like talking, mm. like that still it seems scares crazy. the shit out of me. Yeah. 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 It's, a, it's such a jump because I mean, on that point, like it's just us sitting there. It's three people having a conversation. You know, when we do it ourselves, it's me and Luke talking to each other like we would anything else so you don't even have to think about that side where it's like I'm just putting a file in, uh, a, in, yeah. in a file's place mm. that's all I'm doing yeah. you know? and like you don't really interact with many of the people that actually listen to it apart from the odd you know person here and there so you're like to you like in your brain you're like okay so I know one person listened to it the numbers tell me otherwise but they're just numbers like I this is what I know and that's what the person told me so it's like it's as if you're just talking to as you said, the three people here and then, you know, the one or two that said they've listened to it. Mm. And it's not like, oh, I'm listening to, or I'm talking to however many people just listened to it there. And it's, I don't know what you were saying as well. It's that it, it'd be a bit jarring to put up an Instagram story. I was the same with putting up TikToks of stuff that wasn't pre-recorded. Like I can put up pre-recorded stuff because it's already up on Spotify or whatever or YouTube. But I went to duet someone's TikTok there just yesterday I said okay I'll take a video I'll say the stuff and I'll put that up and I was like who the fuck do I think I am like I was like <laughs> I was like I was like oh no I can't do this like I can't be putting up my own content like who like do I really think I have the the fucking importance to do this and then I was like I've been putting up hour long things about we've been putting up hour long things about our views on religion you know do you went to TikTok isn't that much different but then it seems like so much more of a of a thing so much more of a daunting task like yeah and and it's actually it's something we were talking about there during the cut and it was also something that you had brought up before it's like it's the toe of the line thing you know it, it's tough to stand out from the crowd not that we're the coolest mm-hmm. people on the planet for standing out from the crowd but it's just you know you don't know what the repercussions of it are going to be like i mean i can't see it having anything other than <clears throat> positive repercussions because you know, it's a good experience being able to talk to a mic or into a mic like that to broadcast your own thoughts, you know, like mm. wh- whatever you do going forward, obviously you have your goals set in mind. It's never going to be like, oh, I regret that time I had my radio show. You <laughs> yeah, know? you know, yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. Like I was even thinking of what you were saying there, Luke, about the numbers and correlation. Like I remember the first time I was sitting at the kitchen table and I said to my dad, I was like, oh, yeah, I got 20,000 on that last one. And that's, you know, I wasn't being not gone. I was being like. Yeah, we've got 20,000. And he was like, 20,000? Like, 20,000 is a lot of people. (laughs) On TikTok, it genuinely isn't because, like, they count, I think it's one second or three seconds as an impression. So people go, yeah, no, lesbian haircut and scroll past, you know? Like, that's that's just what happens. So, but even even still, the scale and, like, you know, even, as I say, like, when you you get recognized the the odd time, like, once or twice, you also realize, like, it takes maybe a million views or some, you know, kind of quite a big number to then correlate into like three or four different people saying, oh, you know, I like what you do. So I suppose it does go both ways. But like, also the other thing is Ireland isn't set up for this. Like we're engineering. Yeah. This is like, this is what we've basically come out of, a you know, like a shite financial situation in the eighties. Mm. Mm. It was engineering science uh, and, you know, being a tax haven. <laughs> and low, yeah, and low taxes. <laughs> yeah, engineering tax. Yeah, exactly. So like the entertainment industry or mm. anything to do with that is just so alien that it's not like there's a an ABC on how to do this either. Yeah, and actually speaking on that, like the fact that it is, not, I wouldn't say a low standard, but like you said, it's alien. Like for the length of time you've been doing your show, to be able to go with that amount of experience and talk to the people you've talked to, like talk to George Hook, who's a massive figure in Irish media, just like it's that other side of it that's kind of a benefit where you maybe don't have to stand out quite as much, you know, mm. like standing out at all is standing out a lot here yeah. compared to a scenario where you need painted a, nails, a, a million subs on, on YouTube, you know, mm. in, in America to have a big name for yourself or whatever. Like if you want to cause controversy in America, you have to wear a dress to the Grammys or whatever. Whereas here you need to just record a 15 <laughs> Don't second, <tie> your laces. <laughs> yeah, 15 second Instagram story. And it's like, do you see what your man did? Jesus Christ. He's, you know, he's really pushing the boat. So <laughs> like it, it does. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I think like where it's going, I'm really optimistic about like where we're going in terms of like 
media. I don't know if any of us will ever get picked up by the mainstream. I don't know if, if that will happen. I, mm. I suspect usually what happens is the, the shit ones do. Like usually <laughs> people who come in, they're so independent, but really they're the most squares you've ever met. Yeah, yeah. They'll get adopted. But slowly but surely, like I do believe we're starting to get to a better place. Like mm. I just don't think Pat Kenny and people like that should really be the ones that are the voice of Ireland anymore it just doesn't reflect where we are right now like that just doesn't make sense and there's also no fun as well like people like Jerry Ryan were able to have a bit of crack as well like it's all just depressing nonsense (laughs) the whole time and that's why I think like what what is happening here in Belcara you know maybe is a chasm of the future I think it's just because it's such a high stakes game now in terms of like even like one thing I think Ireland is lacking in on like the mainstream is just comedy good comedy and stuff like that because it's so hard to do some something that's funny and not offensive to a lot of people or just not completely fucking cheesy so it's just like it's just not because there's so much to lose and not much to gain like even if it's class you mightn't gain too much so it's just like look we'll just keep the fucking pat kenny's or whatever doing the Broadcast or whatever the fuck, and just forget about the comedy. <laughs> well said. No, <laughs> just what I mean. Do you know what I mean? Like, just yeah. oh, these are doing all right. There's no point if it ain't broke, don't fix it, type of thing. Mm. And we're not gonna put our time and resources. Well, yeah, and if everything isn't structured, four minute little succinct packages, then God forbid they go off the off the rails a little bit. Yeah. And you know, like Chris Evans, I was reading his book uh, recently. He's the British radio DJ. He's worth like a hundred million or something. But he would have like strippers in the studio. I've actually been listening to Australian radio right now, and they had a fella get his cock out, <laughs> like, and he had it all tattooed. Like that was two days ago. Like the, the Aussies are still partying. Howard Stern in the nineties is another like really interesting figure. Yeah. He's the guy who like most people would know as the kind of radio show that brought you Beetlejuice, the yeah. like small little guy who gets all the questions wrong and stuff. Yeah. Like the stuff he did was just you wouldn't even comprehend even trying it on, on Irish radio. So like uh, you know, I always kind of keep referring to radio, but that's kind of what 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 was past and mm. what is slightly present. I think it's like eighty percent of all audio in Ireland is radio. So you know, Joe Duffy does command a, quite yeah. a big audience, but it is it is slowly but surely shifting. Like you're seeing, especially Tommy and Hector. I think that's a really good sign. Listen, they they have the advantage of being like made figures already. Yeah. They're made men. But like there is a there's definitely a future of like people the two Johnnies I think sometimes maybe they're a little bit cringe and a little yeah. but to be fair to them they've managed almost completely independently to build yeah. quite like a, a podcasting business so like I definitely think there's there's massive room and for people out there as well like you know maybe the intellectual or the interviews with George Hook isn't your interest but surely there's other people there's something you know yeah who can buy Rode microphones and you know <laughs> set up their own show as well. Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, like you said, like, going on your, and listening listening to the radio every day and turning on Joe Duffy and listening to people crying down the phone is not going to excite a nation, you know, and that just comes from, like, decades and decades of the sort of blandness that, not to get overly political or anything, like, but, like, that's what the Catholic Church brought to Ireland was this sense that, you know, you don't, you are no bigger than the Catholic Church, that everything you do must be in line with that, and that's what... It's it's a feed down of that. I mean, you know, everyone can see with the way our government's policies are that they haven't fully broken away from that. And obviously with our generation and maybe slightly above us that like people are moving away from that. And it, like with the influx of content you're getting on social media and you're getting it from countries like America or whatever, which are a, a good few years ahead of us in terms of freedom of speech yeah. even like like if you think about it the freedom of speech doesn't actually exist in this country like i know that's melodramatic to say but if you look at say the defamation act of 2009 like mm. some of the stuff you, like you can't actually say carl henry is a dickhead <laughs> that could be construed as defamation there isn't even room for say satire mm. if like i couldn't go to court and say oh, i was just joking you know yeah, yeah. like so the actual the laws around speech even it's only recently we got rid of blasphemy like that's pretty bad yeah, you know that we, is crazy. we mock the yanks yeah. but like we did we have a way to go in in that sense as well sure even in i don't know was it the case in ireland but definitely in the uk they had these libel laws or defamation type things as well of Newspapers could no longer say it. They couldn't say someone was drunk, firstly. 
if you know a political figure did something bad, it's because they were drunk. They can't say they couldn't say that. So then they started saying, um, tired and emotional. Tired and emotional, and they can't say that anymore because mm-hmm. it's such a common uh, <laughs> synonym for adage. Drunk. Yeah, yeah. So it's like if you can't even say something that's meant to represent something else that you also can't say, what the fuck can you say? Mm. You know, it's like, oh well, what word are they using now instead of tired and emotional? They're going to ban that soon as well. Like, it, yeah, it, it's a, there's new laws they're making as well that are trying to, you know, get to grips with what's being said online. And I mean, I understand the point of view that they're coming from, where they want to try and, you know, get a hold of the amount of hate and toxicity that's online. But it's like, it's impossible to draw a line on something that's so subjective. Mm. So I don't know if the answer to that is throw away your marker. I, I don't know what the answer to that question is, but I don't think it's, you know, knuckle down really hard and say that certain things aren't, or like if you say certain things, you're going to jail. And it's not like, it's not that, it's not that you can't say anything. It's just that you can't really say anything. Like you can say bullshit at two o'clock or midday or anything like, mm. or piss, or there's loads of phrases you can say that you wouldn't be allowed to say in the UK. You wouldn't be allowed to say in the US, you'd get fined. I think it's 30 grand to say that in the States. Like, there, you know, we, we have an amount of freedom there. It's just that anything worthwhile saying <laughs> seems like it can't be said. Yeah, we can say the curse words because we're good crack. Yeah, we're great crack, but <laughs> we just never get to the meat and bones of, of any issue. And, you know, myself and, and Luke were talking about the whole, like, you know, uh, like you have to have equal airtime for different views. Mm. So, like, you'll hear them on air and they'll be cutting people off because they, they want to throw back to this person to throw back. Yeah. And it's, it's the most nauseating discussions you've ever heard. Well, I mean, that's why nothing good has ever came out of a, a debate that's been held on RT because you're trying to get a po- across a point that's taken you a year to, to think through. Mm. And you have to get that across in two minutes. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. And some other fellow who wants to make a different point is then given two minutes and he's also trying to be fair and engage with your point but he mm. hasn't had a year to do it <laughs> and he's also trying to make his point you know so yeah. that's why you see Joe Bradley is, is suing RTE now for precisely that reason yeah yeah, yeah and, that, and that's why people like who have gotten big on podcasts is because they've offered up that option for people to listen to yeah. to let thoughts be fully thought through the thing with, as well with formats like that it pays so much to have them buzzwords and them, like, that performative policies of sort of like, oh, yeah, you're talking about taxes. Give the homeless houses. And it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to vote for him. It's like, how are you going to do it? Ah, uh, look, I only need two minutes. I can't, you know, I can't, <laughs> can't get into that. <laughs> oh, just elect me and then see what happens. Mm. And it's like, how about we have a discussion? It's like, no, 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 because then the program's going to have to be three hours long. And it's like, no one wants to hear that. So just more buzzwords, please, and just yeah. keep it going. And it's hard to, yeah, it's hard to put, like, brought to you by Renault after, like, <laughs> especially if you were to embrace a more freewheeling approach. It's hard to, you know, add the sponsorship, like, even, you know, we reference people like Howard Stern, and I'm sure it's the same in Australia. Like, it's great to be outrageous and great crack and saying whatever you want, but the advertising money actually starts to dry up then as well, yeah. you know. So it, it definitely is a balance. Yeah, like, it, it's, it's hard to call people who, um, who fall towards that complete sellouts, but, uh, like... <laughs> what definitely what the one thing that really does annoy me is like why at two o'clock three o'clock four o'clock every time news on the hour every hour that's the most arcane thing <laughs> ever like if i'm listening to i radio yeah i want to hear some 30 year old introduce dua lipa i'm not interested in like you know whatever is going on with the eu <laughs> and you just you flip around and now it's gone to the point where i think it's actually the same newsreader doing all of them or, or you're certainly it's the same like copy it's the same yeah. script so like, but it's like we've got smartphones, we've got the internet, we've got every other utility possible. You know, um, local broadcasters will definitely still do news, mm. but it shouldn't be a law that you have to have news every hour. I think it's from like uh, from ten o'clock to six, you must have news on the hour every hour. Yeah, like I think institutions in this country have held on to things that their utility, like you say, like okay, that was fair enough if you were getting in your care whenever and you didn't have a phone to check the news or, or anything like that. That's understandable. Where the way it is now, I like it's hard to be completely condemning of it because, in a sense, I understand the difficulties that can come with trying to move with the times, all the time straight away. But there's certain things like that where it's like it's been long enough. <laughs> yeah, you know, we can see the issue is there. It, it, there's a pointlessness to it, mm. and it, even even the balance thing. Like, I'm not sure if it worked. 
properly for America, but Reagan in the 80s stripped out the idea of balance. So suddenly you were able to be right wing and just, you know, like this yeah. is two hours of right wing or left wing or whatever. And so I, it does seem like maybe it's fragmented American society to a degree. However, social media, I think, was really like, yeah. you know, the catalyst as well to that. But like, you know, people like George Hook used to actually try to do that. You know, they used to like, they, I think he called himself like a proud blue shirt. That's what he used to. And like, you know, you want to, I want to know if, you know, if Luke is in fact part of the EDL or not, <laughs> you know, or, or Dean, if you're, you know, if you're the biggest Rachel Maddow fan in the world, like you want to, like you want to understand where people are coming from and then take their views as you go, as opposed to like, I wonder where he actually lines up. Yeah. Another thing that always gets me, if we just keep going on this rant, yeah. is like when you when you tune into the radio and it's different people on, and they never explain why. They're never like, "Oh, John's out sick today." They just never they <laughs> never address. It. It's like, "No, I'm tuning in to listen to John. Where is John?" Yeah, <laughs> it, it like it is. It's tough to know where the balance is in what you were saying in that like taking someone's straight opinion on a certain subject without having the other side of that argument. Because in one sense, it's good for you, the individual listening, to be like, I listen to all of this now and I can listen to all of the other thing. To have full thought out conclusions available to you is a positive thing. But for the people who are there spouting it, Mm. it's like, I've been in this situation where I've done nothing but give my opinion for an hour. Or I come on every week and I give my opinion, which is heavily this way. And be it that it's been profitable, be it that you're too proud to accept that you're wrong people can get uh, like just bogged down on certain topics that if it was a case they had a back and forth discussion you know they mightn't be Mm. but it's there's a middle ground between an hour long of just one thing or four minutes of both it's like if you could have an hour of both that's where we want to be you know Mm. it's nice to have to listen to disagreements because if you don't listen to disagreements then you're really not going to be exposed to different trains of thought. Yeah, the, along that line, I listen to disagreements. Um, a lot of the ways I sort of developed my uh, my ideas about stuff, I was saying during the cut that um, listening to stuff on YouTube, so when you're 14, 15, I got down to a fairly fucking... <laughs> a dark, dark place. Questionable rabbit hole, and I started like... I could recognise the way I was thinking, but it was more that I was like, I've corrupted my mind a small bit. What am I going to do about this? And then I started like, okay, I can make a conscious decision now to listen to an hour-long podcast by this person that I know I'm going to disagree with, but to see what happens. And that's the, the good thing about like podcasts and stuff. If I looked on the, on the TV or the radio for that type of stuff, forget about it. It's just there's no... You can't go out and find something you disagree with on the TV. It's just getting... A certain amount of information and saying look this is the standard we're just going to get a fucking mouthpiece mm. in here to say it like there's no actual individual personalities on the TV yeah we were speaking about that uh, when you went out for a glass of water actually Dean that like when, the, when you have balance like balance it, it's difficult because if there's an issue like let's leave the EU the person who's pro EU is Trinity graduate they've got the suit on they're there they're polished they've got their two minutes and then they throw it to the like anti-EU yeah. and he's there in like a wife beater vest <laughs> with a can of Stella going like <laughs> I hate the EU and yeah. it's like this isn't this isn't a fair this isn't actually fair yeah and you know yeah, and it's difficult to know like if the if the researcher was like ah let's just get some Egypt or, yeah. or, or or to be fair it can be difficult to find you know it, it's difficult to not every fight is Holyfield Tyson you know mm. like it's difficult mm. yeah. to, to get equally matched opponents and yeah I suppose that's what I like about you guys because this is kind of like pirate radio to a degree in terms of like it's it's uncensored it's not not yeah. you know every time you expose an opinion you don't have to go well some people might also yeah, say yeah. you know so I, I think it, you know it's really good yeah it's like some people like let's say it's very easy for CNN to have a left lean and then be like as the right leaning person we're going to bring on Alex Jones mm. <laughs> and it's like you're just it, it's complete straw man and we were like we were guilty of that to an extent but at the same time if there was pushback from what we were arguing against. I don't think we would have changed their mind, you know? Unless, yeah. like, obviously, when they're right, they're right. That's fair mm-hmm. enough. But it's not, like, the slightest pushback and we're like, ah, maybe, maybe I take back what I said. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it can be difficult when we both agree 
to to not straw man someone's argument. Yeah, I wonder as well. Like you two guys would know more than me. Like, do you think people will like pick up podcasting? Like people in college, like because people my age, I don't think are too interested. But like as you go into college, you try different things. Like it'd be great if if people in like Galway or Limerick started to actually like you know pick up talking about on a podcast mm. for 30 40 minutes let's be honest most people won't listen and they'll be producing dribble yeah but like one or two really like the next joe duffy uh you know he, he like he has to come somewhere yeah, yeah and hopefully he might you know be a bit more it'll be a bit more independent and i'm wondering like from both of you if you think like college or those places could like foster that i think the problem is that you really have to be in like quite a particular mindset to do it not in the sense of oh we're perfect blend of whatever you know sugar and spice <laughs> yeah but to be fair like a lot of the people that would love to have their views you know out there they're really really uh, pushed about their views like extreme almost they're not going to be controlled enough to actually do a research podcast or like an, a balanced podcast they're just going to start going down main street sort of holding up boards <laughs> and shit and then the people that are actually going to be reasonable are going to be more so like I don't really want to push my opinion either way so it's like mm. you sort of have to have um, a mix of someone that wants to be sort of provocative but has that also level of sense to hold them back from being completely just villainous and extreme and I think we we sort of hit that mix a bit because we were quite well me anyway the, my views and stuff was quite provocative and then I sort of sensed up a bit and I was like well okay now I'm in that right space to do a podcast but if I either if I didn't get that provocative or if I just didn't sense up I would never have started a podcast so that's I don't know yeah it, it's tough to know as well because it's like we're in a situation right now where like you've never had as much access to information as you do right now you know you can go out and research anything and dig to the complete bottom and spend every day all day at it but it's like a lot of the people that you see being loud on social media, for example, have no depth to not like mm. not that they've no depth as a person. They've no depth to that idea. It's like it's hard for them to come in and sit down for an hour when all they've done is share some posts on their Instagram story, uh, echoing something that they've heard from someone else. Like I don't. I would have thought before I started this to, to answer your question, kind of to a more extent. Before we started this. That's what I would have thought. I would have said, now is like an opportunity for... The opportunity is greater, but I don't think the interest is there as much as I thought it was. I mean, I loved watching videos where people were arguing or whatever it may be, listening to a podcast. And I, like I'd be talking to Luke and he enjoyed the same stuff. And it's like, why don't we just do it ourselves? And that was fair enough. But it's like, once we put it out and we realized this, like, not that we want our people we consider our friends to to listen to it for the sake of listen to it like come on <laughs> give us the views show me the money you know like it's like we want them to listen to it because they want to listen to it and it's like if someone wanted to listen to a podcast and their friend did it, it's like the chances are you probably would listen in or someone you know mm. like um and then that might gain like get a bit of interest off you like that's the same with you earlier it's like it's someone you know who's setting up this thing that you know isn't the the usually walk down road. Yeah, and I was surprised by, like, at times people can be a little unsupportive. Like, the, yeah. the general people you don't know can be really supportive. And then people you might think are friends or friendly. Like, a fellow said to me, uh, kind of like, I was thinking it might have been, like, August. And I'd stopped uploading as much on TikTok. I was just focusing on the show because I was, you know, I was one-man band. So I was a little entrenched by just producing two hours yeah. a day. So a fellow, you know, one fellow I know said to me, yeah, I see that the views on the TikTok are dying off. I was like, you haven't said anything about, like, <laughs> congratulations, I see you're doing pretty well, you know, you've got a sponsor or whatever, or you seem to be happy with what you're doing. Like, yeah. the first thing you talk about is, like, that the views are falling off. And it's, you know, I think there's there's that element as well. You, you never kind of, you, you, you never understand or never think that, like, the people who are closer to you yeah. may, may, like, have a kind of a feeling about it, like... They they were and those kind of people were really supportive when I used to make crap YouTube videos like three or four years yeah, ago. Yeah, get you. They'd be like, "Oh, this is great," and I'd know the three people who watched it. They'd be like, "Oh yeah, I thought it was great," and you know, you'd be like, "Well, the view time says you only watched." A yeah, minute. yeah, yeah. But you know, as as things start to maybe like stack on top of each other, then they start to maybe you know kind of resent that stack. 
Yeah, I, I do think it, it is a bit where, like, with Irish culture or whatever as well, that people are, it's a lot easier to pick out a negative thing than congratulate someone on that. Yeah. And, like, look, I'll be the first to admit it that, like, I'm not the best person when it comes to you putting my hand mm. forward and saying you did a great job or even mm. receiving, mm. like, good feedback for, for that matter. But it's like, people, I think people have lost a depth to their thought because of the fact that you have so much content on social media. It's like, why would I go and listen to uh, Dean and Luke's podcast or, or Jack's show yeah. for an hour when I can scroll through TikTok for four hours and see a different thing every five seconds? And see a way more polished, produced, yeah. like in terms of you know money spent per second. What you see on TikTok, like especially I know a guy who watches, I tell you, movies by TikTok. Like, <laughs> I'm never going to be able to compete with clips of The Godfather. That's just not, not a fair battle. <laughs> it's the greatest film ever made and it yeah. costs like a few million quid yeah. and took years to produce. None of us, I don't think, are ever going to produce, like, be able to. <laughs> Sorry, I'm certainly not going to be able to uh, compete with that. And so, yeah, it does feel like at times maybe people have lost like that appetite. But at the same token, like, where else would Joe Rogan like? Yeah, twenty years ago, would, would Joe Rogan like? He's producing three or five hour podcasts, and and that's every day. Yeah, and there seems to be somewhat of an audience there for it, like a hundred million plus anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it's a case of like it doesn't work until it does type mm. of thing. It's like. No one would have thought he would have, well, obviously he was famous already, but like, when it does work, you're like, oh, well, obviously, but then when it doesn't, you're like, oh, well, obviously, like, there's no way to actually be able to predict whether it can, it can work or not. It's just a, a case of doing it and seeing, like. I, yeah, I think it, it's a case of, like, the separations that were there between people probably become more apparent with it in terms of, like, those who we're into this sort of stuff, however much of the minority it might be, you know, when you're getting, like, we're both into it and we had the opportunity because of the way things are now to do it ourselves. So it's like, why not? Whereas I think uh, a lot of people probably, so it's like the, the ratio of people who enjoy podcasts starting posts to the ratio of people who don't listen to them starting listening to them because their friends mm. have it is quite small. Mm. You know and of course the worrying figure as well is like pre-pandemic there was 500,000 podcasts. Now there was again. So like, yeah. it just flows. But what's interesting is the market hasn't really caught up. Mm. Like a few people, like especially when it was like going crazy, like a few people would message me and be like, how do I do one? And you try and give them like details on how to do it. And, you know, every so often I check up and most of them have done nothing. And one or two have, have kind of tried something. But you can tell that you're, you're like, well, you need to correct this and this and that. And, you know, you need to give it a bit more thought. It's not as simple as like, go get a microphone and get like yeah. RTE's newsreader and suddenly, hey, you know, hey, presto, a million views. Yeah, like I, I think it was it Luke that said it to me when we were recording our, our seventh. He was like, what was it, 80%? It's some mad stat, like, it might even be like 90%. My brother mentioned it to me. I told him, oh, we're going, I'm going to Dean's house to record our seventh episode. And he goes, you just surpassed 90% of podcast creators. And yeah, because like, everyone's expecting the, you know... I'm going to make two podcasts and by my third podcast, I think the cash is going to start flowing. <laughs> yeah. And then even when we got to our milestone at 10, we were like, fuck, like we actually, like at that point, it's like, we're not going back now. Like, um, and the worst feeling, of course, and I see like once or twice you've had to do it, is when you have to be like, no show this week. Like you're just forced to yeah. like do no show. And unfortunately, that's just the way this whole gig is set up. Like we don't have... You know, we don't have, like, school allowances. Like, the principal isn't going to be like, hey, he's not doing his English exam today. He's got a podcast <laughs> to record. Yeah. And so, like, we're, we're kind of set up a little antiquated in that degree as well. Like, you know, uh, like, Charlie D'Amelio and those people, like, obviously a much bigger scale. But they were like, you know, their parents at 60 were like, okay, you're quitting school and you're going to Hollywood. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, when, when you know, you've got a few thousand listeners on your mm. podcast or, like, I got, a, you know, a few thousand people watching mine. Like, my dad or, or your parents were like, all right, you're quitting school, quitting college, and you're going to get in that room yeah, and yeah. record a podcast. Like, there's a, there's a general attitude that, like, this is just a fad or it's not going to succeed or yeah. something like that. So, I suppose it's on you to fucking prove them wrong. Yeah, it is very easy to, to call it a day and, and, and shut up shop and quit like that, but... I like like I said at the very start like if it's something you want to for like the content itself yeah. and the fame and glory there's no reason this <laughs> like you're only going to be sure to be the sellout that you are if it's your three podcasts in and you haven't made any money so mm. you're like ah fuck it we'll scrap the whole lot mm. and just the setup as well to be fair guys like 
like just the, the microphones and the whole, like obviously it wasn't, you know, you're not bankrupt on the back of this, but like, you know, we, we had to take a break to plug it in and like we have to arrange to yeah. come here and yeah. lights and get the camera and watching it back. Like it's, there's a bit of a, there's a bit of a production to it as well, yeah. which can, you know, kind of, I suppose dissuade a lot of people as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's very like you probably, we probably thought the setup would be easier mm. and everything that it was before we shared it out. And now to be fair in terms of like, we don't put it out clean cut like we put it out as we rec- as we record it because that's kind of what we said from the start that it'd just be a case of it being a conversation we throw it out yeah. so it's like you don't realise what's in it until until you've got into the thick of it and for that to dissuade you it just and actually on our, our earlier conversation there's a concrete example our ref I'm not sure if you're familiar yeah. with our ref I feel like he's a really good example of like a filling a void like on RTE and even Mayo News the local papers like there's certain stories about the county board or whatever I'm not even that au fait with it but yeah. that just don't get touched because they're like we need an interview next you know come next spring we're going to need an interview so yeah. we're not going to blow up it's politics the, yeah we're not going to blow up the front door whereas our ref like and these kind of people have and I think they're maybe the first wave of it they started to like be like no we think the county board are you know I think he called them gobshites at one point or something you know and it's it's fascinating radio and I feel like ever whatever audio broadcasting I feel like that's you know the, the chasm of kind of you know maybe maybe we were a bit wanky with kind of like just uh, all right folks so we just have to cut it short there because just problems with the laptop again but um yeah, I think we got maybe almost an hour out of it, so I, it was definitely a worthwhile conversation, and we're we're happy enough that we got uh, some decent uh, some decent time out of it, and a very very decent episode, probably one of the best so far, to be honest, in terms of flow. Cheers, lads! Well, I mean, I've you know discovered a whole new part of Belcara, so I'm, <laughs> I'm honored to do that, and it's genuinely, I do believe you guys will have like something really big in, in the next few years, and certainly like the, the template you set, I think, is really important. Yeah, well, the feeling's very much mutual. Um, it was great to have you on. Anytime we have a guest on, it's it, it's a massive advantage for us because like, we can only have so many conversations with each other. To have someone with a different perspective, different things to say is just great. And for someone who's so used to microphones and used to being in that space where you're talking to people, it, it helps so much. So, um, yeah, is there anything you'd want to obviously plug your socials and everything like that I suppose you can yeah you can follow the Jack McDonald show TikTok Instagram all things like that Um, yeah that's about it yeah so when those one or two people weirdos from Belcara start following (laughs) the the page you'll know where it came from Um, but yeah so thanks to everyone who's uh, listened to the end alright thanks a million cheers see ya